15 minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our headline segment, and I think many of you would be familiar with uh, the story that unfolded Christmas Eve, Boxburg gas tanker explosion. And, uh, yeah, it's reported now that 25 people affected by this explosion have instructed a law firm specializing in class actions and civil litigation to take on their matter. Now, the lawsuit emanates from an explosion on the uh, 24th of December where a tanker owned and controlled by Infinite Fleet Transport became wedged under low bridge and exploded. Uh, Zane Landell represents uh, some of the families and he is with RH Lawyers and is going to tell us a bit more about this. Zane, good evening. Welcome. Evening and uh, welcome to all your listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. Zane, uh, maybe just for the benefit of some of us who might not be familiar with uh, what a class action lawsuit is, uh, mm. maybe let's start there. Okay, sure. So the, the important differences between an ordinary lawsuit and a class action the main difference is that, you know, individuals with various claims emanating from the same type of uh, incident or the same incident are able to file a single lawsuit uh, and, you know, basically have all of their claims determined uh, via a single lawsuit. So that's different from an ordinary case where, you know, generally speaking, individuals file separate lawsuits or uh, they will file a lawsuit where, uh, but but that lawsuit will only deal with individuals that have very similar types of of damage. Uh, in a class action, you know, you can deal with people who are injured, mm-hmm. as well as people who have suffered property damage, and individuals who have, for example, um, uh, had loved ones pass away who were supporting them financially. The other important uh, uh, aspect of a class action is, generally speaking, they take an on, on a no-win, no-fee basis. And so, you know, from the perspective of a law firm trying to ensure it can run a, a complex case in a financially feasible manner, class actions generally make sense because, you know, uh, there are many claimants who come together to, uh, to uh, you know, have a, have a law firm move their, their matters forward. And that law firm knows, you know, because they have many clients behind them, uh, that the law firm can sink the, the you know the significant financial resources into the case that that, that the case uh, requires to to make sure it uh, it's successfully finalised. Mm-hmm. And, and and in this case, I mean, I guess there are many people who, um, at this stage, you are suggesting might be on the other side uh, as people who are liable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Innovative staff solutions, Infinite Fleet Transport, Prasa, the Kurleni Metro, and others. Uh, maybe talk us through sort of uh, the scope and the ambit of some of this liability. And let's start with the metro. Yeah, yeah well, I think, I think the important thing first off is to mention that now a lot of uh, what's being said either in the media or people who have been interviewed, they, they seem to be trying to point the finger at a particular entity that's wrong. Um, the important thing to know is that there could be multiple entities uh, that are in the wrong here. And so when you run uh, a lawsuit... Uh, and you try and establish liability against, uh, you know, defendants or wrongdoers, uh, that liability can be proportionate. So the wrongdoing can be proportionate amongst uh, different entities. And I think, you know, we're, what we are very busy doing now is investigating the matter thoroughly uh, and trying to understand whether, you know, certain entities are proportionately liable or fully liable for certain aspects. Once we are able to do that, or once we've done that work, then we can move forward with confidence, you know, and engage the, the uh, uh, wrongdoers uh, and seek, you know, possible settlement from them. 
Uh, and if that obviously doesn't happen, then, you know, uh, filing a lawsuit is the next step. Mm-hmm. But let's come to some of these, uh, because we have heard the report suggesting yeah. uh, that uh, there are some juristic persons here who might be held liable. I mean, including mm-hmm. the Ikuruleni Metro, uh, yes. the suggestion being made there that it's the police service and the firefighting department. Uh, talk yeah. to us, I guess, on, on, on you know the rationale of uh, the identification of some of them and on what basis they would be liable. Yeah. yeah, so look, when you're talking about emergency services, you know, part of their uh, standard operating protocols is that they must obviously remove uh, the public from a dangerous, uh, uh, from a dangerous position uh, and, and make sure the area is adequately cleared and sufficiently cleared. That obviously didn't happen. Now, you know, that's one of the first things that was said uh, post the explosion, but it seems to us that uh, the emergency services weren't properly apprised of, you know, what, ta- what goods the tanker was carrying. And so possibly didn't understand the true, uh, the true risk of, you know, the, the tanker exploding. However, the tanker obviously had signage. Uh, we haven't been able at this stage to confirm what signage that tanker had. At least we haven't been able to as a law firm. And so, you know, there's various possible permutations here. But, you know, should the signage have been uh, intact and visible, um, you know, that would have disclosed the nature of the goods that the, car, that the tanker was carrying. And if that signage was correct, you know, the emergency services should have very quickly, uh, you know, uh, evacuated the entire area, which obviously wasn't done. So there's, you know, potential liability there with respect to the emergency services. Uh, we then obviously have the uh, tanker company who are meant to ensure that they have oversight over the tanker, you know, as it progresses on its route. We know that the, the tanker left its designated route, and it seems to us that, you know, the tanker company didn't have any sort of controls in place to ensure that if the tanker deviated, you know, the driver was contacted and a safe, you know, a safe alternative route or a safe um, uh, route was provided to the driver to ensure the driver got back onto the designated route. Uh, Then there is uh, the staffing company that provided the driver. We obviously have to do a little bit more investigation there, but it seems to as if the driver didn't, it seems to as as, as if the driver didn't properly measure the bridge. We don't know if the driver was adequately trained. And if this driver wasn't adequately trained or wasn't provided with proper instruction, um, you know, that very well might be a staffing, a staffing company's, uh, you know, potential liability because if you are supplying drivers to a company uh, transporting very dangerous goods, you need to make sure, uh, very sure that, you know, the drivers you're supplying are adequately trained and have the right sort of experience. So, you know, the, and then there's obviously, you know, finally the issue of the signage on the bridge and whether that signage was even there in the first place. We've been consulting with a number of residents in the area. Um, and I won't disclose, you know, what our preliminary thoughts are, but the first aspect is, was the signage there? And if the signage wasn't there, for example, let's say, you know, signage was stolen or removed for scrap metal use, uh, you know, the, the, then the next question is, well, did the entity responsible for, for having the signage up, did they have a uh, you know, team in place, a maintenance team and in what place, entity who would, would every be? so often, who would every, every so often go and check? 
And that is either uh, any municipality or Prasa. Uh, those are the two possible uh, liable entities. Would they be responsible for road signage then? That, that is a possibility, yes. Okay, all right. So, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's complicated because we've been discussing this matter with, you know, I've had a chat with a civil engineer today, uh, and obviously we'll do, you know, f- uh, further investigations. But, um, you know, what may have been an issue is that there was no signage before the bridge. Mm. And so in a bridge like this, you know, that has such a steep incline and such a low-lying bridge, Generally, you would require signage, uh, you know, before the bridge to warn, you know, truck drivers of a certain tonnage that, you know, their vehicles are not able to, you know, pass the br- uh, go past a certain point uh, or go under the bridge. Mm. So these are all, you know, I, the, the, I think the long the, the 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 point of this is that, you know, proper and careful investigations need to be done, which is what we are doing. There's no simple answer to this. And no immediate answer to this. This is something that must be carefully looked at first. And once all the research has been done, uh, uh, you know, then then we move forward and make sure that we've got the you know uh, we've got the right story uh, you know pinned down. Yeah. So just give us a sense, and uh, I mean, of course, you can't really mention names and so on of um, you know the composition of the twenty-five people affected, yeah. and I would assume there were many more yeah. who might in future be joining your yeah. action. You know, uh, what kind of people are these? I mean, are they people who are working at the Tambo Memorial, you know, yeah. hospital? Is it p- uh, people who are residents in the surrounding area? Who are they? Yeah, so I, th- I believe we currently now represent 30 clients, uh, and they vary. Uh, we have clients who own property um, that was damaged, so, for example, houses and vehicles. Uh, we have clients who are unfortunately very seriously injured or injured uh, due to the blast uh, that we represent. We have clients who unfortunately have, uh, you know, have loved ones passed away. Uh, those clients, you know, are generally children uh, who were being supported by their parents, who now have obviously lost that support. Mm. Um, and uh, we also have clients who were in the basically the vicinity of the blast who unfortunately witnessed you know, very disturbing scenes of you know, peace, people passing away, uh, you know, body parts strewn uh, you know, across the road, that sort of thing. So, mm. And normally, I mean, class actions of this kind, if you think of the South African judicial system, once you, know, you yeah. get the ball rolling and set the processes in action of uh, filing the case and so on, uh, how long do they ordinarily take? Well, it varies. I think, you know, our approach here is there's certainly liability against uh, uh, some of these companies. Uh, there can be no doubt about that. And I think, you know, we should be wary about, you know, uh, apparent audit report that absolves entities from liability. This is a complicated matter. Uh, it happened on the 24th of December. We're not even at the 20th of January uh, uh, yet. Mm. And I, I don't think uh, we can place you know, too much trust in any sort of entity or, or organization, you know, seeking to absolve entities at, uh, of any liability at this stage. Um, and I think that's, that's probably the most, the most important point. The second is that, you know, our approach is really to do a proper investigation. Zane? 
Ah, we seem to have lost Zane there. Let's try and re-establish our line there with Zane so that we can at least, I guess, wrap up that discussion with uh, Zane Landell from RH Lawyers and uh, yeah, saying that, that uh, their task is to do a proper investigation. Zane, I hope I have you back. Yeah, yeah, you have me back. Yes, you were saying that your task is to do a proper investigation. Let's continue that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, once we've finalized a proper investigation, approach the companies we believe are liable and seek settlement with those companies. You know, and we really hope that the companies will take responsibility for what's happened after, uh, you know, it's a tremendously saddening what's happened. We hope that they take responsibility. But if they don't, we will have to institute legal proceedings. Zane, we'll have to leave it there for tonight. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Maybe a last one. Anybody in that area who might have been uh, affected mm. by this incident and uh, who in future might want to join the action, how do they do that? Sure. So they can either email us at info at rhlawyers.co.za um, or they can just hop onto the internet um, and search RH Lawyers Inc. Um, you know, our our uh, our search will come up and uh, contact us by our phone number uh, or WhatsApp number as well. Zane Landell, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, sir. That there was Zane Landell at RH Lawyers uh, joining us on the line to tell us a bit more about that class action. Uh, it seems I wonder by 25 who have joined that action at the moment. And uh, just from what you know, of course, of what happened there on Christmas Eve, what are your thoughts? Uh, certainly reminds me of... Um, you know, uh, what do they call it? I remember I did first year law, law of delict, uh, this issue of uh, liability. I'm not sure if in this case it would um, certainly be that. Um, but uh, what do they call it in the U.S.? Law of tort, uh, where effectively people are saying, I've been wronged or, you know, experienced harm in a particular kind of way. And this is a collective harm that we experience as a group. And uh, they take it on in uh, the form of a class action here. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Give us a shout. We're out on 060-552-7303. That's our WhatsApp number. And uh, you can send us your voice notes there. 060-552-7303. Yeah, you might be in that area and uh, have your own experience of uh, the terrible incident that unfolded there.